welcome to a new episode of Mediterranean Sustainability Partners. I'm your host, Ellen Wasalina. I am so pleased to interview my student, Daphne Martin, in this episode. Daphne Martin uh, spent several years in China, and I was so interested in how she lived in China and her intercultural experience. And so I'm very pleased to say that we have three segments for you in this episode. Uh, And thank you again for tuning in from 60 countries on five continents. And China is 54th out of the 60 countries tuning in. Thank you so much. The segments will be as follows. In the first segment, I'll ask Daphne about her intercultural experience living in China. In second segment two, her observations on how China is coming out of the COVID pandemic. And in segment three, um, what her thoughts are on future developments taking place in and outside of China. Here is a short bio of Daphne Martin. Daphne was born and raised in France by her French parents. When she was 14, her father was sent to China by his company. She continued her education at the Lycée Français de Shanghai in the Economics and Sociology section and graduated with honors in 2018. From 2019 to 21, she studied Chinese at Dongwu University, achieving a B2 level in Chinese. During her studies, Daphne also worked for a year in a branding agency, Sans Degrés, as a marketing and event manager, but also in a French association for young entrepreneurs called GIF, Jeune Entrepreneur Francophone, as a communication volunteer. She also tutored French to Chinese children for two years. In 2021, she decided to move back to France and major in global communications at ISCOM Paris. And that's why I met her. So I'm so pleased to be joined by Daphne Martin on this very special episode entitled Impressions from China. Thank you again to tuning in to Mediterranean Sustainability Partners in English and French. Welcome to a new episode of Mediterranean Sustainability Partners. I am so pleased to be joined by one of my students from ISCOM, Daphne Martin, today. Good morning, Daphne. Hello, good morning. I'm so glad to be here today with you. I'm thank so you. honored. Oh, well, thank you for taking the time. I know how busy you are. And uh, I just want to introduce our segments today to our audience, and particularly to our Chinese audience. You know, Daphne, we're heard in 60 countries and China is 54th out of the 60 countries. And I'll have you say a few words if you wouldn't mind in Chinese. So here we are. Thank you. Here we are. So three segments today, Daphne, as we agreed. So your intercultural experience in the first segment of living in China. In the second segment, I'd like to get your observations on how China, you know, uh, dealt with the pandemic and how it's coming out of the pandemic. If that's the case, you'll tell us you're a you're a very, uh, you know, a good observer of China. And finally, in the final segment, I'd like you to give us your observations, your impressions of how 
China's going forward and now that you don't live there and then maybe you'll tell us if you'd like to go back or not. Okay? So, okay, sure. Would you like to say maybe a few words in Chinese yeah, to our Chinese listeners? Please, yeah. Daphne. Dajaha,我叫我的父母,我二十一岁,我住在上海五年了,但是现在我在巴黎,我在那个大学的两年学习,我真的喜欢中国,我很想中国,还我的中文还可以,谢谢。Oh, nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. And and I'm sure you said hello. And um, what did you tell them? Tell me what you told them. Uh, I just say hello. My name is Daphne. I'm 21 years old. I lived in Shanghai for five years. And right now I'm living in Paris. And that I love chi- China. And uh, that my Chinese is okay. Like, <laughs> it's not that good. But, you know, like, I'm working on it. I'm still working on it. Good for you. Good for you. So, let's go back. If I may take you back to when you yeah. when did you when did you first go to China, Daphne, to live? Uh, I first went to China when I was fourteen, and actually, it was the first time I was going there. It was the time I was moving there. So I arrived in China. I remember. So we were in business class because the so we were sent by the company of my father. Mm-hmm. Uh, both my mom and my dad they went to Shanghai six months before because they had to find a house. Um, and then we arrived with my brother and my mom. We had 12 luggages when we came with our cats. Oh, so and the cats like, too. Yeah, and the cats. That's great. Chanel, That's great. Chanel, she, she's fluent in Chinese, don't worry. Ah, That's terrific. <laughs> yeah, and so we arrived there and I remember being like, oh gosh, like I'm on the other side of the world. Like, where am I? Where am I? You know, like, it was so impressive and also it was a bit scary because we arrived in the evening so everything was dark and then uh, my dad came to pick us up uh, with all the luggages and the driver because at that time uh, he couldn't drive and still he doesn't want to drive so we had sure. a driver and it's been the same for six years he's part of the family right now oh, we went to nice. his son's wedding and his mm. name is show, so oh. really nice Oh. And then we arrived home and uh, we went to eat at a German restaurant because we were in the <laughs> expat kind of uh, area. Uh-huh. So it was really impressive. And then we started, we had a beautiful house. Then our cat came a week after because she had to be in quarantine. Right. And then uh, high school started. So it was really impressive because it's like a huge campus. It's uh, half French, half German. So it's called Eurocampus. Okay. And it was really impressive because also at that time my English wasn't so good. So most of the people since they grew up being expatriates or children of expatriates, um they could all speak English very well. So when I arrived with my big French accent, I only lived in France and I was just like so impressed, you know. Mm. But I kind of fit in very well and I really enjoyed, I had great education there. I loved this high school. Uh, I loved the teacher I had there. It was really enriching. Also the fact that our languages teacher were coming from the country. So either it was from America, from Australia, South Africa, England. Yeah. And the Spanish teacher was from Spain. And of course, Chinese teacher from China. I mean, uh, of course, of course. Uh, but so were you able? Sorry, were you able then to go through the the classical French uh, baccalaureate yeah. then? Yeah, yeah, I did the baccalaureate ES, which at that time was still ESSL. Yeah. So of course we didn't have many options. It was only ESSL, so I did the mm-hmm. première ES, terminal ES. 
-hmm. but I had the European section because I wanted to improve my language and my English in general. However, I couldn't learn Chinese because at that time, if you uh, arrived in the première, Uh, you didn't have the right to to learn Chinese because it was about like the cycle who has to be only high school and everything. Sure. So sure. I studied some classes aside, but honestly, the lot of work was huge. Really? Um, yeah. Is because, an IB? Did, did you do the IB program? No, I didn't. But my brother is doing it right now because he's not yeah. in the Lycée Français. He's in Wyss, which is another school, okay. uh, because he's better in English than in French. He speaks better English than French. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I was there, but also because moving from like uh, un lycée public, which is like a public high school from France with like 2000 students to like a smaller school with like... Was it 2000, private? Uh, yeah, it's private and it's actually very expensive. Like um, if you go to Western education in China, it's so expensive. Uh, the French school was the cheapest one, and still, it's it was expensive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of them are even uh, more expensive than the high than the university in the U.S. Interesting. So, so, so yeah. let's talk about how you integrated. So you were in this international lycée. You say yeah. German and French. How did you come to meet Chinese people? Or tell me about your intercultural experience. Who did you come across? Did you? You said you couldn't learn Chinese, so did you learn other languages? Uh, so I didn't learn any new languages, but I was really in contact with Chinese people because most of the children there, they were, they were sorry, half French, half Chinese. So okay. either the mom or the dad. So for example, one of my best friends, uh, her mom is Chinese, but uh, she speaks perfectly French and uh, her dad uh, is French. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting because we really blend in and getting to know the culture. So most of my friends were, were actually what we called Eurasian. Mm -hmm. So that's the first step I had in being like melted in the Chinese community. Also, when we were going out, uh, of course, you are with Chinese people. But at that time, I wasn't too much blending in this Chinese community, which happened after uh, my high school, when I, I went to a Chinese university called Donghua Dashui to learn Chinese. And there, of course, because I was starting to speak Chinese, I was most mostly going out and like talking Chinese and everything. And also I worked uh, for a company and most of them were Chinese. So after, you know, like you talk and uh, and after one of my best friends, she's Chinese, but she did her studies in, Fran in French though. But, you know, like after you just meeting people who knows people, who knows people. So it's, it's like a, a small community. However, I could not say that I really blend it with real Chinese people, like meaning people who never got out of China because my Chinese is good, but not as good that I can be really familiar with them. And like, you know, also since we are what we call Lawai in Chinese, so What's it means that? foreigners, it's like okay. a, a slang, a slang for foreigners. Is it positive or negative? Um, it's kind of negative. If you okay. really want to say like the positive way, which will be Waigoren, Okay. But Lawa is most com commonly used and, you know, like we just used to having it said, you know, like I, I don't take it personally when they say, oh, I'm Lawa. Yeah, I'm foreigner, of course. <laughs> so tell me how you adapted in terms of, you know, what you eat every day or how you go places. Um, how did you, you said you had some contact with Chinese people, but not too much until you went to the university. Why don't you tell me a little bit about 
how you, what can you tell me about the Chinese? <laughs> because I've never well, been to China. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to tell. Honestly, I love this culture. And since uh, for, for a few years now, we celebrate the Chinese New Year. So oh. it's really a culture that we love and that we, we study uh, and that we, we feel, you know, like we live it. Um, and, um, and yeah, like, you know, Chinese people are very, we, we call them thermos bottle, actually. Like, uh, you know, so cold on, on the outside and really warm in the inside, oh. which will be for everything, meaning anger, uh, meaning uh, sadness, meaning uh, joy, meaning happiness. When they like you, you will know it. When they mad at you, you will know it too. <laughs> but like, you know, and also there's this concept of losing the face, which is very important in China. So we try to really be careful to like respect their boundaries and know where they're going, you know, like not to attack their feelings. So it's really interesting. And also like, you know, at that age, I build myself and my personality in this country. So when I say I grew up in China, of course, I wasn't there when I was a child. However, between 14 and 19, it's mostly where you build, you build your personality. So, so I mean how do like you that. feel? Do you feel just a little bit Chinese then? I don't want to appropriate this culture because uh, I know that some Chinese people, they will say that, uh, oh, you cannot appropriate our culture or our country. You're not Chinese. At the same time, I lived in China. I studied Chinese. That's a culture I love. That's a language I learned. And, and yeah, and I love Chinese food as well. Like, I mean, Chinese food is amazing. Like, and, we'll and have to go, you and I will have to go eat Chinese food together, yeah, won't we? Definitely. Right? I will I will get you to eat Xiaolongbao, which is amazing. I love oh, that. Good. And I, I love wait. also yeah, uh That's amazing. Like that's I love that. And you know, like coming from different parts of China, it's really different food all the time. So Xiaolongbao is typically from Shanghai. It's basically um those uh uh, dumpling filled with some soup and make some meat mm. and it's amazing. Oh, that must and, be amazing. Yeah, and I mean, I love that. And that's what I miss because in Paris, I went to eat, um, to eat sorry, uh, hot pots, which is a Chinese fondue. And it's amazing. But of course, when after I saw the bill, I was like, oh, that's definitely more expensive yes. than in China. <laughs> because in China, you can eat for two euros. I remember sometimes. At really? Lunch, yeah. We went to get some dumplings or we went to get some, uh, some I don't know, like um, rice, fried rice or whatever. And it was only like two euros. And then I came here, I went to the hot pot and I was like, okay, it's far from the 15 euros I was used to for like <laughs> unlimited food, you know? Oh my. So yeah, that's also the thing I miss in China. It's I was going to say, so if we could finish up the segment on something yeah. that you missed because time goes by, but please yeah. tell me what you miss. Uh, the fact that it's easy. You want to take a cab, it's cheap, it's easy, it's coming fast. You want to eat, it's fast and easy. You want to pay, you just show a QR code on your phone. You want to book train tickets, you can do it on WeChat. You want to pay your fees, you can do it on WeChat. Amazing. Everything is connected and that's actually the thing that I miss the most. Like having everything. Like you want to eat food, oh, it's like, okay, uh, I need my medicines. Oh gosh, I forgot I have to take some uh, antibiotics. You can yeah. order it and it's delivered even at 11, 11 p.m. Really? Really? Yeah. And wow. that's what I miss the most is like the conveniency of China. The fact that everything is easy, everything is fast and you know, it's it, just is nice. It, is it a fast pace? Is it too fast? Do you like the pace or I mean, everything's instantaneous. Do you yeah. miss that? 
yeah i miss that at the same time i'm really glad to be back in paris and everything is more like slower slow paced and everything but i need that balance you know like sometimes sometimes something in paris are very fast yeah but not what i miss from china you know <laughs> and like in china it's really like if i could stay at least in shanghai because that's what i know of course i'm not going to talk about the countryside or even beijing um so in shanghai everything is fast and that's like you want something you have it and that's nice. you know like i want it i got it yeah uh, so and i'm sure we'll have a chance to develop this technology sure. part in in the next segment we're going to talk about you know this very subject you know that may be maybe you can explain to us you know some of the technologies that you know were used or are being used in during covid and um you know i i can understand that you know it's it's shanghai i think it's pretty fast paced and but yeah. you you kind of like being back in france just to conclude the segment would you say uh yeah because right now that's what we will see after but uh, right now it's really uh, tense in uh, china especially since covid and that's what my mom always tells me keep these memories you have from from shanghai oh. and and don't have the memories that we live right now because my okay. mom she's like it's your home it's yeah. where it's a city you love so keep those memories and cherish them a lot that's a great idea all right yeah. well we'll stop there for the first segment yeah. All right, thank you very much. Thank you. We're back with Daphne Martin in the second segment of our podcast. Daphne, how are you? I'm fine, and you? Great. So we just, you know, talked a little bit about you in the first segment about your experience going to China, moving to China when you were 14, and your intercultural experience, which I found very interesting, and this great Chinese food we're going to have. But now let's go yeah. on to <laughs> now let's go on to your observations because you were there, Daphne, when the COVID pandemic started. Correct? Yeah. And that's Actually, what we're going to talk about in the yeah. second segment. If you if I may take you just back a bit and you started yeah. to talk about the technology and things I'm extremely interested in how it was during that time you went through lockdown, how if they're now not even coming out, is that correct? There's still lockdowns, but I want you to go back if you wouldn't mind to the beginning. Yes, of course. So keep in mind that when it really started i wasn't physically in china i okay. actually because it was the chinese new year so at that time university so you have two big semester but between them you have two months vacation oh, so wow. i was going back to france for vacation so i left uh, beginning of january just after my graduation and i came back in march but that was really hell to go back to china at that time wow. so um, and you were able to get back in no problem yeah Yeah, you, I was you have a residency status or Yeah, I will explain that because that's oh, like good. a real thing. Good. So, uh keep in mind that having Chinese visa is really hard. You have many things. So, I was lucky I had like I think at that time it was the X1, which means that it's for one year and you're allowed to 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 leave China and to come back with unlimited number of time. Right oh. now it's not the case anymore because they changed the visa and everything because okay. of course the borders are closed right now. Mm. So I left beginning of January I went back to France I went to see my family and everything we went to ski and then my dad and my mom and my brother they came but first 
when I left, it was maybe the 7th or the 8th of January, Pudong, so the airport, was full of people, no mask, nothing. <laughs> and then, when they arrived, Pudong was full of people with masks, not so many people, people were really scared. Then they arrived to France, no French people were wearing masks, no one. Wow. Because at that time, they were like, oh, that's just the flu, that's nothing. You know, uh -huh. at that time, it was January 20th. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Like, oh, yeah. It's never going to come to France, I don't care. <laughs> so yeah, basically, I spent a month and a half in France. Uh, during that time, my dad came back to China because he had to work. It was really hard because, um, so we have an AI, which is uh, basically like a maid, but it's really like also part of the family. Like, you know, it's your close circle. It's sure. part of your guanxi in Chinese. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. she had to stay because she wa she were going back to her hometown for Chinese New Year because it's like Christmas for us. Sure. So it was really hard for him and also like everything began to close and everything. Then my mom and my brother, they came back. And at that time, you had to do like kind of a quarantine at home if you were going to from three countries. So it was Iran, Korea, and Italy. And then uh, two weeks after, it was including France, Germany, and lots of things. So first, it was really hard to find to find a flight. I remember I was really freaked out because every flight I got were canceled. So first, it was Air France. Then I went with Qatar Airways. It was uh, closed, and then I went to with Lufthansa. So the one with Lufthansa was amazing. So it was Lufthansa and then uh, Air China. When I arrived in Pudong, so at the airport, I stayed almost four hours, landed. And I remember no water. It was super hot. Oh, I was only with Chinese people and like I was really stressed and my dad was waiting for me outside. And mm. I keep in mind that I just got 15 hours of flight before me, <laughs> before, before like arriving, you know? And I remember like this baby crying and everything. Then they let people go out It's because they were coming from Italy. So I was just like, okay, that's really annoying. So they kept us just because there are some people from Italy which probably don't have COVID, but anyways. Um, and then I arrived, it was really annoying. I went back home and then I think it was just like 10 days. Uh, I arrived 10 days ago. And then I received a message from the management being like, oh, Daphne, she came back from France. She has to do a quarantine for four days. My mom, she was like, what are you telling us? They were like, yeah, but, but you know, like during 10 days, I could go out, go like uh, fooling around, yeah, like, you know, like go play with my friends, go meet oh. people and everything. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, yeah, but you know, there's this new legislation that came out that says that people who came from France, they have to stay for 14 days at home. And after my mom, she was like, yeah, but do we have, and she was like, oh, no, 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 you can get in contact with your daughter, but you can go out, no worries. And so I was like, okay, that's really weird, you know? Mm. So anyway, I stayed during those four days at home. I was like, no worries. And also at that time, we received like the notice from the management being like, okay, so you cannot call through WeChat, like, or call people because it will transmit COVID. Okay. Really? <laughs> you have to put masks on your dogs. <laughs> and like, uh, so also like all the Kwaidi, so Kwaidi is like uh, the deliveries that you can get. They were at the entrance of uh, our compound. So it was really like, you know, like all those rules, because in China, it's really your hierarchy, you know, like you have the big boss and then the boss uh, under him, he will add one rule and then one rule and then one uh, rule. Oh, really? So at the end, you end up with like some silly rules that doesn't make any sense because, you know, in French, we say ceinture bretelle. Yeah. 
like you know that's that they 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 don't want to have uh, any issue so they prefer to add rules even though some of them are like completely stupid and i'm wow. sorry for them oh, <laughs> but wow. you know like it's just they want to be really sure of what like has is happening you know sure so yeah that was uh, kind of hard and then life went back i mean um since april everything was going back to normal everything was reopening um it was kind of nice actually being like from June 2020 to I would say well 2021 it was it was good like uh, until yeah 2022 because it started going back in January 2022 of course you had something like some surprise lockdown some rules and everything but it was manageable you know and we were going to like see the light at the end of the tunnel and then so fast forward to like May 2022 because between that it was just like from time to time some things but not that much of it and i have to ask you because you yeah. know this is I always say, you know I'm, i'm so interested in different cultures as you know um so everybody would adhere uh nobody would say oh we're not going to pay attention or we're, we're going to disobey everybody would adhere correct yeah and also there were a propaganda against foreigners so basically saying oh. that we bought the covid in china that's all false Oh, and wow. some really shocking thing happened uh also with like uh, like you know recycling and everything there were this uh cartoon about a black guy being put in the Harzadus waste bin i will forward it to you but basically you after so it just stayed online for like not even 24 hours but it was really shocking so that's at that time that it began like the the propaganda okay uh foreigners are bad western is bad be careful and everything so it was really also when did this start when it, during covid or later on during covid definitely during, during, during COVID. covid yeah it was getting getting stricter and stricter because now you know china is powerful right now they don't need foreigners anymore they don't need because before they needed the brain you know like uh, for for us to teach them how to do that because they were expanding you know they were in development sure and now i feel like we cannot say that china is a developing country I, I won't say that China is a developing country. I, uh, maybe for Russia, like the BRICS, maybe you could say that those countries are still developing, right. but for China, definitely not. Because what we, we tend to forget is the fact that we rely on China for so much stuff. I for know. the phone, for the pills, for the medicines, for medicine. even yeah. for clothes, you know? Yeah, so sure. I feel like some people, they tend to forget about that, you know? But yeah, so um, in 2021 also, some racism but you know it was manageable meaning that i'm a white person i didn't feel that much of pressure of course you have like some mean looks uh, if you cough because you're sick they will be like oh you have covid and they will move seats in the bus which happened to me but i was I meant to there. ask you i meant to ask you definitely yeah. did you take public transport while you were yeah, there of course. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, when and i was it works doing... well yeah it's amazing it's uh, wonderful yeah. Yeah, um, well, I, I still love the the Metro Parisien so much. Really, I find it so convenient. <laughs> yeah, I, I find it so convenient. So Chinese Metro is a bit less convenient because of course it's a bigger town. We we tend sure. to forget about that, but it's really fast. So I was taking uh, the bus to go to my university, which was really convenient. So I was taking it every day, like every day. Of course, sometimes I was taking the taxi because it was cheap, but... I have to ask you about studying yeah. um, during yeah. COVID. Did the, the courses run online? Did the university yeah. put courses online? Yeah, yeah. We, can you we tell used... me just before we finish up this segment, maybe you can end on that. How was it to study as a student 
uh, in China uh, during it was it was it was it was easy i mean like it was okay it was a bit hard but i mean i feel like it was hard for everyone the good thing is that we had this uh, online study from feb march from march 2020 to october 2020 and after starting from october and until right now it was all in class so it was really nice i was really okay. happy and that's when i made the my greatest friend and the greatest connection it was at that oh, time nice. because you know we're much less people so of course we stick together of course of course all right yeah. well listen this is a great place to stop then and we'll go yeah. on to the next segment because i'd like to get your impressions and maybe what you can tell us about what you see coming for china in the future yeah. thank you so much again thanks to you thank you in the final segment with Daphne Martin. Uh, Daphne has been living in China for a number of years and I'm so pleased that she joined me today. She's my student at ISCOM. And we're going to finish up, Daphne, on this final segment about what you see, your impressions, what you think is coming, um, your, your vast experience as a young person living in China. I so appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you to you. Thank you. So what do you see? I mean, we're seeing a lot of things going on in the world, you know, with the war in Ukraine and, um, you know, conflicts and, and inflation. And, you know, it, it's just not a good scene right now. And yeah. I'd really like to get your, your insights on how is China doing uh, and how is China coming out, you know, of this pandemic and will China, I think China is already the first economy in the world, correct? Yeah, it is. Um, so, yeah, China actually, recovered very fast from covid if we take uh, back the example of uh, 2020 2021 mm-hmm. um, as you know since may it's been a huge mess if i could say uh, mm-hmm. so you had like some lockdowns in shanghai and then it was really hard that you had like a lockdown in sanya that some french people were locked there and everything and right now you probably have heard what happened in wulumuchi So to set back the scene uh, wulumuchi is a town in xinjiang so of course uh, xinjiang most of you knows it's where the Uyghurs are not going to talk about that today but that's the province where they are so Xinjiang is a huge province it's really beautiful and because of the covid measures that the government applies because as you know there is the zero covid policy yes uh, there has been a fire uh three weeks ago no not three weeks a week or two weeks ago i don't remember exactly mm. and they they it just happened so fast and also they they took too much time to come there so they took approximately 30 minutes and mm-hmm. unfortunately 10 people died during this fire uh and yeah. and a, a child who was three years old died so oh whole china was you know like saying that uh, they were feeling them and that they were with them and thinking about them you know, like you know it was just peaceful like just You know when the the attacks happened in Paris a few years back right. we all were pray for Paris we march and everything when Charlie Hebdo happened so basically yes. it was the same thing but the thing is that um they don't like 
big people like people just being together like big groups big march they don't like march they don't like protest so of course it was a bit hard you know for them so they tried to like manage it but the fact is that they didn't know how to manage it so mm. it became some protest against the zero covid policy against the fact that the president is going to be reelected uh of course i won't say my opinion on that because that's not the matter no. but Xi Jinping is going to be reelected uh in March 2023 and of course uh you probably heard but actually Jiang Zemin died yesterday so yes yes i heard that yeah yeah so he was a great president uh he did so many things for china and actually yes yeah, Xi Jinping he changed the law now he can be reelected basically until his death um so of course you have a lot of that like the fact that um so chinese people don't have their visa re- um sorry the passport renewed some foreigners don't have renewed uh, so chinese people they cannot go out of china which is very frustrating for them and how about how about the foreigners like your parents can they leave uh yeah they can leave for vacation but you know like it's still a bit of a, a struggle like okay is my visa going to be okay okay i hope they don't they they won't cancel flights and everything so okay. that's that's always really like stressful and also going back because you have to scan QR codes to like get in uh the uh, the plane uh you have to do PCR test uh so before it was two PCR test before leaving now it's just one then you have the quarantine so you have also this stress because also the stress is okay if there is one passenger that is positive to covid i will be put into another like hospital and i will stay there for don't know how many time like a uh-huh. whole long sorry uh-huh. and and then you had what happened with Foxconn uh last week yeah, I saw that I yeah. saw that so this is where they produce apple phones correct yeah the, the, so that's what happened? where they, so what basically happened? they were locked under lockdown for like a month but keep in mind that they weren't given given any food they were sleeping on bunk beds and not seeing their families so they escaped which i mean is just a natural response because people died there because they oh were starving my oh my goodness and you know it's just poor people it's it's those people who don't have much money so they have to work there it's like you know in factories sure. and and it was really heartbreaking because because you know the police they had to to but at the same time like even though they manage them they they use violence which is which is harsh you know seeing those videos and so I'm i sure. think like um, chinese people they also became uh, a pun on top of all of that they saw the world cup video and they saw that people weren't wearing any mask and the thing is that keep in mind that for three years the government is I was going to ask you about the world video. cup yeah <laughs> so they're keep in mind that the government is telling them covid is super dangerous you will die blah 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 everybody is wearing mask uh, china is normal because of course you have the whole internet ecosystem there so they don't most of them they don't have access to facebook to instagram to whatsapp to whatever and so they had this vision and then they saw the world cup match and they saw in the public even though even though they really focus on like the ground and not the, the game, public yeah. yeah the game they saw people without wearing masks and they were like are you kidding me <laughs> and so they realized that the government has been lying to them for so many months and even years and that's what started it was first like the fox fox come thing the wulunguchi thing then um the thing about uh, people outside of china not wearing masks and then so they protest you know they were just pissed off which is totally normal and 
completely understandable. And uh, and you know, like as foreigners, we we just are so shocked because China is so disciplined. You know, like Chinese people. I was gonna say, tell us about that. You know, so I was I asked you, I think in the first segment or the second segment, yeah. I said, so if there's rules, people obey the rules, right? They don't contest, they don't ask, they just do as they're told. Is that correct? Yeah, they don't have any choice. You know, it's just about the mentality and also the pressure of the government. Because keep in mind that the government is really harsh. It's a dictatorship. We can say that. Even though I, I will defend China from all my heart because I love this country. However, the the government is, it's a fact. It's a dictatorship. Uh, I mean, controlling internet is a form of dictatorship. Uh, controlling people is another form. The fact that you have camera everywhere. Also to I was going to ask you about that how, because I understand that yeah. there's more cameras per square uh, kilometer than in any other country. How did you live with that being filmed all the time? I mean, as a woman, I feel safe. I felt really oh. safe because okay. I knew that nothing was going to happen. Also, like I could leave my laptop in a cafe. I know nothing will happen. Nothing really has been stolen. Also, no. fun fact, you know how many minutes it takes the government to find you in Shanghai? Seven minutes. Seven minutes. Yeah, with special recognition. And Shanghai is the size of the Ile de France, for people who knows the size of that. Wow, seven minutes they can find you? Yeah, with the cameras. Is that reassuring for you? I mean, if something should happen to you, I mean, do you want them? I mean, you you said you feel safe, which is really interesting to me. And the technology that they use is, I mean, you accept it. I mean, I guess you have to accept it, but it's quite invasive, right? It's invasive, but you know, when you're in the country, you don't really realize that, you know, it's just like a habit, you know, like, oh, seeing a camera habit. So um, scanning the QR codes, because also so about technology, COVID and everything, when entering some places, you have to show your QR code, which has to be green. And it says what you have done in the past 14 days. So where you've been, if you've been out of the town. So of course, for foreigners and like, Western people, it can seem so shocked, so shocking, you know. Yeah. But you know, living in the country, we're just so used to it. I'm, I'm so used to like be careful on what I say in WeChat, on WeChat, sorry. Uh, be careful about what I post. Be careful about what I say. Be careful about where I go, what I do, and everything. So it's kind of like an auto censorship in some ways, right? Yeah, Are you auto censoring yourself to maybe conform? I mean, from a cultural yeah. point of view, it's really interesting. So. You want to fit in and, and you have to obey the rules. So yeah. therefore you have to, you know, act differently or you have to comport yourself differently. Is that correct? Yeah. And it is because you have to, it's just because you are the foreigner in this country. You have to mm. respect the rule. It's mm. like a foreigner coming to France. You have to respect uh, sure. the rules. More that, that so maybe then, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So it's just about also the respect to this country and to the culture. So, you know, like it was, I was just auto-censoring myself because I respect this country. And, you. you know, when the rigor thing happened, of course, I didn't post anything on my Instagram story, even That's though it's on smart. Instagram, yeah. because mm. we never know. Also, keep in mind that the videos that we see right now, protest and everything, I saw this post this morning on Instagram. You have to remember that people are risking their lives to show them, to show us what's happening oh, wow. right now. And we have to remember that because people are sent to jail. Uh, I even we, we don't know sometimes what happens to them. It's like a secret, you know. Mm. But we have to remember that at least seeing those videos, 
sharing them and supporting them in any way we can is really important to give them this freedom and to respect them also those people who have the courage to say no i don't i disagree with what's happening right now i'm taking videos posting it and you know risking my life just to have maybe save other people's lives you know mm. So let's 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 wrap up, but I want to get first your yeah. take. Where do you think, in terms of economic terms, if I can, and if you know this, I mean, how do you see China? Uh, is it going to be better in China for, for example, the everyday Chinese person? Uh, I believe I can't remember the GDP per capita. Do you know it? I mean, it's it's not that high, right? It's not um, that high. I, I cannot remember right now, but you know, you have a lot of poverty in China also, so. We have mm. to keep that in mind too. Sure. So, is is so the economy is picking up again? They've passed up the United States in terms yeah. of GDP, uh, but can we say that uh, the com the country or the the people will be better off in the near future? Would you say? I mean, right now it's so tense with what's happening. So mm -hmm. either we have a revolution and it ends up with maybe Xi Jinping leaving the government. I don't know. That's maybe in like a futuristic euphoric um, <laughs> kind of uh, kind of future you know so i think that the problem right now is the government so maybe if the government change people will be better uh however you have to keep in mind that chinese people they love and they respect the government whether they agree or disagree with it of course so right now it will be hard to say how it will be because either there will be a big revolution and it will end up in a good or bad way Either they really manage it and it stays right now, but I think at some point, either it's now, either it's in the few years, it's going to explode, to implode even, because they they're starting to realize that they're being also lied to in some ways, you know. So I feel like it's just something that we really have to focus on and keep an eye on because sure. some sure. things that's going to have to be happening in China very soon. Either it's with Taiwan. Hong Kong, Macau, or even mainland China, much things are going to happen. And also the new Silk Road, but that's another topic. That'll um, be for next time. Yeah, that will be for next time because it's really interesting, but lots of things to say on that. So, sure. you know, and also the fact that we are dependent on China, so we rely yeah. on China so much. Yeah, I agree. So maybe some closing remarks in Chinese to your friends who are listening, and then we'll call it a day. Okay, so, 谢谢大家,请到我,我喜欢你喜欢那个表家,谢谢你们,一会儿见,再见! Lovely, thank you, thank you so much, Daphne, for your time today, I really do appreciate it, thanks for coming on the thank podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.